It's been a long time since the cappuccino was fashionable. We go to one of those uh, cappuccino places. Cappuccino. Practice situational awareness next time you're at the gas station. Oh, got it. Got, got it. it. We got it? Got it. Got it back in the old spot. The old spot. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm feeling the old spot better. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like it. Let's cast switch. Oh, yeah, it's a good switch. I think it looks better. Look more professional. No. It looks and mine looks the least professional right now. No, I disagree. I don't know, I don't know where to put this camera. Hopefully, hopefully people can see this my little pony sticker I got going. Yeah, I saw that. You got a little, little from the kids from the kiddos, huh? Yeah. Yeah, from the kiddos. Your daughters it? decorate you today. Kindergarten. Drop off Nora and walk back to the car. Daddy. Turn around, like, what's up? Run over the bench. I forgot to give you this sticker this morning. Good, like, luck, right. good luck, sticker. Pop it on right there. You yeah. get sticker slapped Tony Hawk style. Tony yeah, Hawk Pro Skater. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sticker slap. What's up, Dylan? How you been? Great. How was the? Uh, I'm jacked up right now on that clearly caffeine that you guys sent. Oh, dude. Nice. Oh, you what got your package. You, got? So you finally got your package. Oh, I did. Thank you. Those, I those Canadian it. customs, man. They just suck. Yeah. I know. They're terrible. What flavor is that? Watermelon. Watermelon. That's really, yeah, it's good. Yeah, what do you, I, so Danny, you, I asked you guys before about this, mm-hmm. why you don't op, open up anything in Canada, and you had an answer, but I can't remember what it was. We had one, oh, we man. had a store. We had a, oh yeah, we had a Canadian distributor for a while, and uh, that shit just went south. Okay, what happened? Off air, off the record. Uh, oh, off the record, since this isn't being recorded. <laughs> I think... <laughs> Off the record. There was always some communication discrepancies. And then at one point, if I remember right, Dean might remember more because I remember I was not excited about it, but he was really upset. Uh, If I remember right, they (laughs) basically they posted. Okay. So they're running, they're running caffeine kilos, Canada, Instagram page, and they posted products from their store that were not caffeine kilos products on the caffeine kilos, Canada, Instagram page to try to sell their shit. No, 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 no. They did that too. That's rough. No, no. What they did was they put it on their, on the website. They had like on the home page of the website. So they did two things. So they basically they asked. Yeah, so they're running caffeine kilos. Canada. I mean, that's how we found out was through the well, Instagram. On the Instagram, post. we're like, "What the fuck is this?" And we would go to the caffeine kilos Canada page, and they had some of their products. Their landing on. screen was like not even like our same landing page. It was like an entire new website with all their, all their, their, their products. So you teamed up with someone who already had a business. Yeah, so because uh, they already had a business because they had all warehousing down. They had warehousing, distribution, shipping, which all is that. Not, which is pretty common practice. Which, yeah, which, okay. which you want, right? Uh, however, the, these people apparently had you know, a little dishonesty in them. So I remember that phone call well because I called him. This is – Dean probably remembers I remember. Uh, I called him and I explained to him that they were no longer um, – our contract is now like null and void because of these like – things they did they directly go against the agreement yeah and he's all upset he starts yelling and uh, i remember like i should just hang up on this guy and i'm like nah you know what because uh i'm just i'm going to get this over with like i'm not going to have another conversation with this guy and so rather than deal with skin like i just told him i said hey man look if you yelling at me makes you feel better keep it I, going go for it dude <laughs> like i'm here for it but just let you know like when you're done same answer we still are also (laughs) right so like if you want to spend the next 15 minutes offloading on me like that makes you feel better like i'm here for you you know like like go go for it but at the end of this call that we're done 
Yeah. yeah. Like doesn't matter. So like, anyway, it didn't really hurt my feelings. So like say all the words you want, man. Yeah. And I stood there and he, uh, and then like his, his business partner, who's his father, all of a sudden's on the phone with this like old man rasp. He sounded like the grandpa off the Simpsons, you know, like this guy is probably at a cane. Anyway. And he was on my, it was, he was actually like on our side. He's like, son, you're not helping anything. <laughs> Maybe we can salvage this if you just like calm the fuck down. I was like, oh no, sir. Let me interrupt you there. Uh, there's, there's no salvaging this. This is a, we're just wasting everybody's time. Anyway. Oh my God. Yeah. They were just using, you know, the, the CK name to sell their own. Yeah. Their thing. Yeah. Not initially for, for like two or three months, it was, everything was fine. And then they just then they, started slowly intricate. Yeah. And yeah. Introducing their their own products and it was just this whole it had nothing to necessarily do the fact like it was like a one-time you know like yeah you should maybe you should give people second chances but it's also like i just don't want to do business with somebody that would do something like that right it yeah. was so it was so far beyond <clears throat> like it wasn't like you made look people make mistakes i actually i don't care like actually we tell there our, was blatantly done behind yeah. our backs you tell like employees here like they're like i want you like make mistakes just like don't make the same one twice but this wasn't a mistake this was like thought out uh you know like yeah you know, like hey let's do you know let's and do did what they were selling did it have anything even close to what you guys were trying to do oh they no, were selling well they were like selling it was equipment it was equipment but like then it fitness was also equipment? like and then yeah. there was clothing too there's some apparel too yeah huh. but it was still like that's something though? just something you just don't do that's just a, a just an weird instant, yeah instant, well directly instant, against the agreement yeah like, instantly just, just like here that's just okay, clearly you, you're you you're clearly you're not in this with the right uh intention also yeah. clearly like you have a lower moral standards than somebody that i want to do business with yes 100 but, sure. but i see why because i was wondering why you did it in the first place if it went bad but if they already had a, a set up shop kind of thing that makes sense yeah, yeah. it was like oh they know the they know how to they know how to do e-commerce yeah. they know how to get things out they know how to set up a website it was just that's kind of how you go about these outside sourced you know uk or international uh, website kind of thing this is most what most people just do you just mirror your website you know have them build the yeah. same on the same platform and then you just kind of keep it all looking aesthetically the same and then that's just how it goes yeah pretty simple and uh yeah then you start selling your own shit on there yeah yep well welcome to episode 140 there it is and, behind uh, the seat. that was a little yeah. bts and uh um, probably what 2015 yeah i think so that was 2015. So you never, you never thought to uh, re, kind of rekindle with someone you trust in Canada. Yeah. Here's the deal: the way that the way that we operate, the way we the do rope. things, yeah. is we 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 turn things pretty quick as far as like product in, product out, because we do, re, you know, multiple releases a month and that type of thing. Um, you know, we have one of our our strengths. It's it's funny sometimes you look at it as a strength or a weakness, and maybe it's a little bit of both. But one of our strengths is our ability to like get product in and turn it and release it quickly. And so if you're doing something with the distributor like that, if they are going to release something on the same day you are, and especially if it's even say Canada, someone who like relatively friendly for shipping and stuff, that shit still got to clear customs and get there. And so like, we got to ship it to go to them at right, least right, right, right. a month prior to the Well, release. yeah, I know better than anyone. At least right. a month. <laughs> at and, least and a so, month. You know, and the fact is most of the time, like then that, that fucks up your cash flow too. Cause now you have this inventory in-house that's sitting here for a month before we can sell it. When we're all ready, that shit's ready to go a, a week later, as yeah. far as like product shots gone, like emails, like 
products on the website, emails right now. Like everything we need to release it is ready, you know, one week later. And so it doesn't really, so getting it out to another country, if they're going to release at the same time is uh is a nightmare it's tricky yeah you guys will release like an image and then like three days later you're like all right it's here like you guys want to buy it let's go (laughs) like nothing's nothing nothing's impossible right like i'm not saying we'd never want to do it again or that we wouldn't ever pursue it again just it would definitely be like a different um unless you and then you know if you want to do it that next level of doing it the right way, I think, is if we were to do it again, is we'd have to have like a separate print shop up there yeah, making yeah, the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then it's all, so there's no shipping involved. You just have a print shop in Canada, yeah. make the same thing. You send them the logo files and then you just need to make sure it's. And then you have you a know, quality control issue, right? So you'd have to have them, okay, from every batch ship two items down so we can check to make sure that the print quality is what we expect because we have really high standard that. Like there's a reason why our shirts, the print, print is the way it is because that's what we expect right like it's not right. clunky it's not thick and like the colors look good doesn't fade in 10 seconds or 10 watches yeah. also the uh like the logo placement is straight and in the same spot on every damn shirt and the same size on every shirt like all those things matter and the simple fact is 90 percent of uh printers like can't cut it it's crazy you think that they're all kind of got it there's just so many of them there's just a lot of shitty work out there and also the the way it's done too, there's different types of screen printers, right? Like there's hand pulled machines, there's automatic presses, there's lots of stuff like that. And, you know, somebody might actually have like a decent shop and turns out a decent quantity and you look in there and like, maybe they run automatic presses, but they don't really know how, they're not really good at running automatic presses. And so then it's like, it's not, things aren't lined up the right way or whatever, you know, or someone's trying to hand pull them. Maybe they're great at lining them up, but then the ink is you know, fucking thick and, and clunky and yeah. shit. And, it's you know, they're different. So there's just a lot with that, right? So you need to find someone who has a good shop, high quality equipment, and has the like skill to run that high quality equipment appropriately, you know? So, and the, and the moral, uh, you know, uh, aptitude to, if something's mm-hmm. not right to do it again, instead of like the good enough is not good enough. Right. And a lot of, You'll get that a lot of times like, oh, okay, well, this isn't exactly the the shade we wanted it, but like I thought good enough. It's like, well, no, it's not good enough, right? It I has feel like, work. yeah, I feel like you would have to find obviously someone who could print it the way you want it with integrity, but then also you might have to like either send someone from SAC or from where you guys are to here to overwatch it or train someone to do it how you guys do it so then they right. can pl- stay here and kind of in another country and kind of just overwatch everything to make sure there's no bullshit going on for lack of a yeah, better I mean, Yeah, you need I somebody was, to kind of manage it right. over there for sure. You With need this, like a point of contact, right? Hey, you know, go check on, make sure everything's running smoothly yeah, 100%. At, the, at the warehouse or whatever the hell it is. With this last one, I was up there. We were up there once or twice a year for different events and stuff. And so anyway, I, I like, I met the guy, I saw the warehouse, got the tour, did the whole thing. You know, it's not like it was totally sight unseen, but anyway, yeah, yeah dude. So, yes, with, that said, know what's up. with that said, how was the event? Captain Kiel's Invitational. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, was, it, was, it was awesome, man. People were super stoked to be there. It looked fantastic. Um, I was actually under the weather um, the week during the weekend, but, um, you know, from what I saw from the team and all that stuff, it looked great. People were super pumped online. And another, another you know, another reminder of how important it is to get out with the community every year and, and do this event. I think people really yeah. look forward to it. I mean, yeah, we 
three events all sold out, right? So weightlifting meet um, sold out, had 78 lifters in it. There's the uh, CrossFit style competition, had teams of four, 48 teams. That thing was all sold out. Um, and the strongman competition, I think they had 72 competitors and that thing was sold out also. And all, all of them were sold out weeks ahead of time, you know? So we had 350 Sorry. about competitors out there. And so all in, there's probably probably 2,000 people um, over the course of the day kind of hanging out. And mm -hmm. It was great. It was great. Good love, love and fitness, nobody, love and life. no fist yeah. fights. It was, that was, that was nice. Nobody, I don't think there was a very much blood other than maybe a little bit of hands from some bar muscle ups, but what do you do there? Uh, yeah. Stop. Uh, you wear, you wear hand protectors like an yeah, adult man, or just like shave your calluses, you know, <laughs> <laughs> was it a two day event or just the one? We do one single day events. One big day. Uh, we don't do the, we don't do the, the double day event. Um, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, lot, I guess there's, there's, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for it, and I think that's not necessarily our, uh, our place, our time. We do this event kind of as like a day, to, a day of celebrations, kind of always been our, yeah. our thing. It's like it's people take it serious and it is fun at the same time, but it's not overly serious where you're trying to like, you know, drag this thing out over a course of a couple of days. Um, you know, isn't the Rogue Invitational single day also? I believe so. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think of like I don't well this is a bad question. I had two questions actually. The first one is like you mentioned Rogue. How do you think as CEOs, like how do you see them running their business? Do you think they're doing it the right way? Do you think yeah. like, it's, well, it's I mean, admirable? I think Rogue's kind of almost like the you know the, the standard, almost. right? Yeah. So you yeah. look up to and you look at for like, you know, what what are they doing? I don't know if a lot of people know this, if they're, you know, how new you have to be to CrossFit or how long you have to be around to know these types of things. But Katie and Bill Henniger, the owners of Rogue, they started making squat racks in their garage, right? Like he was like, Bill's just welding in his garage, some, some piece of metal together to make the squat racks, right? And they go from that to now they have this building. It's 850,000 square feet and they employ, you know, over a thousand people. Um, right there and it's like and the facility now is you know they built it a couple of years ago and it's it's i mean that they what they have done as far as just not just like productizing and branching out and doing different things but also just like for the local community there as far as you know you hear all the like, entire economy for a town exactly and yeah. you talk about like uh whatever different people paying different things or whatever like amazon's minimum 15 dollars, whatever the hell it is whatever like rogue does the same deal man like they're out there they employ a thousand people in columbus um, and I think, uh, or more now, I think over a thousand people. And I think they have like, like a minimum wage that they pay of like 22 bucks an hour, some shit like that. Like the thing is like, they're, they're, I don't know what they're not doing the right way. I'll just, you know, I kind of put it that way. Right. And I've been out there to the new facility, uh, met, met with, it was like a couple years ago, um, met with Katie and, and everything. And they like tour the facility, see where they're and people. Okay. Also, obviously this too. You know, people will say, you know, like Rogue talks about made in America and people say, oh, well, whatever, like some of their shit's made in China or whatever. I don't know. But what I can tell you this is from being at the facility, like I saw barbells being manufactured. That's like sick. I like I saw a collar that was not finished being like shaved down, whatever. Right. Like it was like the all one size. Mm -hmm. I saw the shaft of a barbell, right, like the main part of a barbell um, with no knurling on it. Right. And like, oh, here's the machine that that grooves knurling into our barbells. Right. Oh, here's and like every stage of the way. So I don't know what the fuck's going on as far as like whether or not they maybe some of them are built here and some are built somewhere else. I don't know anything about that. But, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, none of their, you know, they say this and their shit's made over here or whatever. Well, I'm telling you this, man, 
I saw a guy, I saw a woman sewing knee sleeves <laughs> on the factory floor. I saw fucking unassembled and like barbells in the process of manufacturing, you know, like, it's like, I want to take a picture. Like, Oh yeah, no pictures out here. I'm like, you don't want me to take a picture of this bar that doesn't have knurling in it. Like, I feel like that'd be good for you guys. Like, you know? great. Yeah. And, but uh, Katie wasn't there. It was just the guy doing the tour. He's like, ah, oh, man, like, sorry. I'm just, you know, like I, I, this is the rule type thing. I'm like, all right, it's all good. So Anyway, maybe it's, so, like a, maybe it's like a grass fed thing, you know, this kind of graze the, the final processes through the, the, the facility. I mean, look, you got to, you got well, to, we well, got to buy the steel from somewhere. Yeah. Right. Steel, like, the steel comes from somewhere and then China you know, steel. Whatever. So China, big, who, China's got a lot of steel. Actually, I've heard they, uh, in there's something with Canada with steel. I don't remember if the, if steel is, it's like so much cheaper in Canada or so much cheaper in the U S it's one or the other where there's like this big, like Canada, U S steel situation huh. on stuff. Anyway, so point is, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're not doing right from from being there, you know, in person and just seeing their growth from you know a garage to what they are now and what they're doing for the local economy, um, what they're doing for just that that town there and all you know all that shit, right? Yeah. So you're you're at the Invitational. Everything goes well. Strongman weightlifting CrossFit. You said it was eye-opening and you said it's great to reconnect with the community. What did you take away from that in terms of things you're hearing through the grapevine or things you're seeing on how you guys can be not only better for the next event, but what maybe the community wants or you could see that could fit in the community with your brand moving forward from just being there for that one day? And that is a, that's a tough question. Well, I'll tell you this. It is one thing that we've been doing a lot more. Well, okay, real quick, back up. We've always had a company policy of if a local competition reaches out and asks for sponsorship, that we help them out. We do something for them. And what exactly we do is changed over time, right? But whether it's like we were sending out coffee for prizing and then we send out, you know, whatever samples of coffee or we send out thumb tape or we send out whatever gift cards and like different stuff like that. But the point is, if you're hosting a local competition, whether that's weightlifting, CrossFit, strongman, powerlifting, that type of stuff, and you say, hey, or you're hosting a, you know, a, a dinner dance fundraiser for the like weight room for the the strength conditioning program at the high school, like shit like that, like something in fitness, and you're encouraging people to live a healthy, active lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. we will support you like we always have. So we send out prize packs of gift cards every day out of here to, to different competitions and stuff. So lately, we've been doing even more of that than before. Um, for the past, maybe it's been six months now, or maybe even a little over a year. It went from not just uh, when people reach out to us, but then we're actually actively reaching out to local events, you know, and it's you know, kind of this grassroots thing where we're, you know, we contact every, you know, sanctioned USAW match, we um, contact local CrossFit competitions we're aware of and stuff like that and send out prize packs, support them, do all this type of stuff. So what was great though is, so we know, we know that competitions are popping off lately. Like people are excited to get out, to, to go get to, back, to be around people, to be in the, yep, to be in the community and to do these things. And so this, it was more clear because I mean, we sell out, we sell out almost every year, every time, but we sold out sooner on this event than we ever have before. Like people are just juiced to get out and be around people and, you know, be in the community and compete in these events and, and, and all that. And so that was a big takeaway for me is man, like do not sleep on uh, local events. 
You know, it's like over COVID shit, everyone's doing all stuff online because they're forced to. And then you hear the stuff like, oh, maybe there's going to do it this way forever. And it's like, what really came clear is like, nah, dude, bullshit. Like people want to be out in front of people, around people. Like they don't want to do online events. You know, online qualifiers are one thing, but and online events are maybe fun every now and then. But people want to be there in the flesh. They want to see a judge they can yell at. You know, they want to be <laughs> out there, out there doing it. Yeah, for sure. I agree. It's there's local, just, local there's, events are live and well. So that's what I'm saying. Competitions are live and well. Yeah, that's the biggest takeaways. It's just uh, there's just something about getting together with the community of like-minded people, right? <clears throat> it just start, you know, it's just a, it's just an energy that's that's good, big, positive big energy. Yeah, big, you know, big positive vibes. You know, big positive energy. People just wanting to be better, better than they were yesterday. Yeah, and it's fun to work out with people. I know the CrossFit community knows this. I like exercising with others. But maybe maybe not every type of, prof, not professional athlete, but every type of person who works out, I don't think realizes how much better it is with other people, even if it's just one person. Like I've been training in my basement for the past six weeks, and then I finally went back to the gym with a training partner, and it's so much funner. And, and you push harder too. So like you're going to yeah. get fitter to your goals faster, and you're going to have fun. Uh, as long as you're not slacking off too much between sets, like it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. So I think more people need to get out with people more and, 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 yeah, dude, out with people. and comps are the best, the best, the highest form of it. Right. Super intensity. Yeah, every, everyone's pump, pumped up. Yeah. They're excited, you know, team and also man team competitions are so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Individually you can get a little stressed out, but I think, yeah, team events and, we, and we're always going to do the CrossFit probably as like a team event, you know, I don't ever think uh, we would ever switch that to like individuals because it's just not the same. It's not the same fun energy. Yeah. Individual uh, competition is just kind of more like, you know, kind of for CrossFit at least and weightlifting is obviously different, but like, you know, but you're still there with your team, you know, when weightlifting even also, you know, you're, you know, I don't know. I think it's, it's more just about having fun and just hanging out. And the team is cheering for their team, right? The three members that are already done the workout are cheering for their last person. Oh, the, the, Whereas if it's individual, you're not, you're by yourself. You can't cheer yeah, for yourself. A lot of times they're doing something together too, right? Like two of them. But yes, yeah. you're right. Like if it's yeah, done, it's program other, good. Right? If it's pro, yeah, exactly. So would you say the programming was good? Talk programming program. was really solid. It was solid? Great. Yeah, it was really solid. Yeah. Got so some you, fun got some fun movements in there people don't do a lot of but are definitely legit classic movements you know like a double kettlebell snatch um stuff like that which a lot yeah, of people good. maybe don't do a lot of but is totally legit great movement you know um floater workout had like a wheelbarrow wheelbarrow walks nice old school yeah. old school old school Dude, doing zach evanesh on their asses yeah good to, <laughs> you know you know it's good to feel some feel some skin you know Dude, feel some yeah. thigh yep s on s yeah, grab some, grab some, hey, grab some calf. So for the, yeah, you obviously know how the weightlifting competitions run. You guys know CrossFit very well. The strong men though, did you guys get help for that one? Or did you just say, this is what I want to see. Let's see who can do it. Well, you know, being yeah. in Sacramento, we have uh, one of the more popular um, strong men there is on, on the internet, in their webs, Alan Thrall from Untamed Strength. And uh, he runs that that side of the event that's kind of his uh cool. he grabs the reins on that and kind of organizes that and we just collaborate on you know the marketing and the space you know to keep it all under one roof and and uh yeah he knows how to get people to sign up for those things that's his uh that's his that's his deal for sure and then it's a huge crowd and and right now at least in california i don't know about the rest of the country but 
you know, strongman is like bigger than ever. Strongman nice. is blowing up out here and it's, it's everywhere. It's everybody's doing oh. it. There's a meet every weekend. It's like CrossFit was in like 2010. Uh, we got an announcement. We got an out. Oop, this in. Hot off the press. Talking about Strongman. Is uh, we, Caffeine Kilos, just uh, less than a week ago signed an agreement with Strongman Corporation, which is kind of the leading, the leading uh, sanctioning body of Strongman events. Uh, they they actually they sanction over 100 about 150 uh, strongman events a year around the country, different local events. They also run America's Strongest Man and America's Strongest Woman. Sweet. And uh, anyway, we Captain Kilos is the official apparel supplier of the America's Strongest Man, America's Strongest Woman, which will be happening going down in December in Las Vegas at wow. the Olympics. Wow. Wow. So we have a uh, stats. We're pretty excited about that partnership, especially with strongman, you know, getting more popular and, and uh, you know, our roots have always been just in strength sports. Anyone who likes, likes moving weight, drinking coffee, you know, likes getting pumped up, lift some weights. That's what we're down with, you know, banging and jamming. Yeah. Banging and jamming, ripping and tearing, ripping and tearing. That's kind of where it comes down it, to. It's all comes down to. That's great. Um, What do they have to wear anything specific for that? Not like a leotard nah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. No, nope. you guys can make it as unique as you want. I like some gymnastics. Well, I mean, yeah, with that, <laughs> with that, what that means is that we, you know, we will be making like the event shirts and we'll be making, uh, you know, some apparel specifically for Strongman that you can sell nice. on their website, stuff like that. Kind of like some co-branded stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty juiced about a caffeine kilos, America's strongest man shirt. I got, like, I want one. That's gonna yeah. be sick. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I meant singlet cool. when I said leotard. I meant singlet. I hate singlets. I want to just wear a basketball jersey and shorts when I snatch. I, Dude, that means the opposite. I I want to wear a singlet when I play basketball. Hey, yeah, that'd be fun on too. I love throwing on it. There's something that when you put on a singlet, you just feel like you're doing something. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, love it. You gotta have a good singlet though. You know, it's kind of the trick. You gotta have a nice one you like. Yeah, the tighter the better. Yeah, the tighter the better. Do you do you guys uh you ever stuff in your career? Did you ever stuff? No. Stuff stuff no way, man. Nah. I'm trying to keep no that need. bar path tight. No need. <laughs> no need. Yeah. I, I, I actually go the other way is I tape shit back. Oh, dude, you gotta That's get true. it nice and you gotta get it nice and uh hike the thighs up too on the inside. Mm -hmm. really oh yeah. Oh, really try and fluff it up a little bit. Oh yeah, no, you just gotta let them just accentuate. Let it yeah, let yeah, it yeah, breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Have you ever no, seen an excessively short down. male singlet? No such thing. No such thing. Excessively short. My like mine come down. Mine was pretty short. I don't know. I had Adidas one. It was pretty. I mean, should it probably went about an inch. When you're seeing cheap, not even that hard. It was probably cheek. only like a few inches above my down my leg. Okay. They were high high risers. That's yeah, cool. you gotta let that thigh out. Oh, but you sure. watch those uh, uh, like look at pictures, videos from 1970s like uh, wrestling, like the Olympics back then. You know, it's like real. Get those things real high. That's what I'm talking about. Well, the Bulgarian ones, they're damn near like Elias. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. They were. Uh huh. Yeah. For sure. So we're just kind of let the cheeks out a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. yeah. Wait, a little little suit. I can get into that. A little something for the fans. Huh? You bomb out, doesn't matter. Bums out. More like yeah, bums, bums out, out not yeah. bombs out. Then there was like a little trend where all the girls started wearing those like really mm -hmm. uh, high high butted ones. Well, there was one particular. I guess you say company individual in weightlifting that was pretty popular that she was making them oh. for a while. And so then it got kind of, and a lot of the girls are buying them because they're buying them from her. I don't know if she's still doing that or not. Oh, that's good. And a little, sorry, a little something, something. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm pretty soon they'll just be thong ones. And yeah. Yeah. And the next, next thing you know, you've got a uh, Borat out there lifting. 
That's yeah, that's where that, my mind that, goes. That's where we need. That's what we need to see. A little ball slide outside. <laughs> we'll slide out. Ball a little slide outside. It's all me. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, but yeah, no, the um yeah, the weightlifting meet, you know, I think uh next year our goal is to really get like some heavy hitters Step out there again, again for like how the uh weightlifting side of the meet used to be um, a little bit more uh, focused on international level uh, American lifters and international lifters as well. But um, the last couple of years, we just, you know, been kind of getting the event back and going and just kind of building it as more of like a regular community weightlifting event. But the adding on the invitational portion is uh, definitely going to be coming back next year. Yeah. We used to have a whole session that was invite only, right. That's why it was a calf and kills invitational. And into my goal, when we first, the first one we did, first one of these we did in 2013, is at that time I was lifting for Cal Strength, competing at nationals, that type of thing. And I remember we're talking about it and I said, okay, the goal is that I should not qualify to lift in this meet, right? Like I just got whatever, seventh place at nationals. I'm like, that shouldn't be even close to good enough. You know, like everyone who's lifting here needs to be qualifying for at the international level. Like just someone, we don't want a bunch of guys out here that are top 10 in their weight class in the nation. I want like the top 10 in the nation, regardless of weight class. Yeah, yeah. No, there really wasn't weight classes for that. It was just and, a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, it was like half men, half women. We'd run it with like six guys, six girls. And we would just kind of roll like that. Like the girls would snatch, the guys would snatch. And then we'd have a 10 minute break. And then they'd clean and jerk, you know. That's and we just have that one session, keep it tight. Um, you just kind of have the best lifters you can get out there. And so it's all big lifts the entire time through, you know. And so that's what we, but we did not have a local meet all day. But now, yeah. now we're doing both. So we're going to have a local meet all day, get everyone out there, big community event. But then at the end of the day, you know, it's going to be, boom, that's it. Hit the lights and let's go out there and slang some KGs. So you didn't do that this year, but you're going to plan to bring it back. Yeah. You know what you're saying? That's no, correct. Yeah, no, the, la, this year and the year before. Well, this, well, we haven't had one in two or three years also. Yeah, the, right. the last one, I mean. Yeah. Uh, the last you, one we did. Do you, so would, uh, So you're talking about the top 1% in the world that weightlifting. Do you think they would have to taper for such a thing like that or is it just like it's up to them i don't give a shit not, what they do man it's yeah, yeah, it's up to them. cash it's me cash prizes right so they're it's they're the biggest cash incentivized every every year we've done it that way it's been the biggest cash prize in the country for weightlifting so that's sick that's that's yeah, an every time we've every time we've ever done it there's no yeah. meat that pays weightlifters like we did that's sick um and getting back to that um, yeah, giving out ten thousand dollars to weightlifters, you know what I mean? But it doesn't that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Um, yeah, so so that's that's definitely coming back next year, without question. But here's a question: If they don't have weight classes, how do you know wins? Well, by Sinclair, dude. Yeah, there's just there's a formula for that. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, long story short, the Sinclair formula handles well, body weight. It takes into, takes into gender, takes into right. all that stuff. We've done different things too. We've done Sinclair. We've also done. Um, percentage of american records because some people say that sinclair favors lighter lifters more and so some years have done it by straight sinclair others have done it by percentage of records so if the american record total for a given weight class is whatever you know it's whatever we'll say 300 kilos then and you're in that weight class you weighed in that weight class and you lifted whatever 250 kilos then that would whatever be percentage 80 percent of mm-hmm, yep that's whatever. cool too so then whoever lifts the highest percentage of the American record total is your first place because that kind of, that kind of takes like whether or not the Sinclair formula does favor lighter lifters or not, you could argue whatever, but 
I think that percentage of American record makes sense too, right? It's kind of like, okay, this is what, you know, here's a standard. That's kind of what the so the best person in America has done over the last however many years. So whoever's the highest percentage of that is going, that's going to incorporate their body weight. It's going to incorporate their gender. It's going to incorporate, you know, it's kind of the state of, uh, you know, weightlifting at that time. Um, and so it's kind of, that's a, it's pretty, I think that's a fair way to do it for sure. Yeah, I would say so too. And then the lighter, heavier argument is always going to be, it's always going to be about there. Formulas, formulas, someone's always got something to say. Someone's going to bitch either way, for sure. Exactly. Whereas this is straight up like, look, dude, like if you just set a new American record, you won. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> move the needle. The, um, yeah. And it's at the end of the day. Yeah. There's always gonna be someone fighting against one, one fucking method or the other. hundred percent. The little guy's going to be like, I lifted more than double body weight and he didn't even though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be something, but, um, it's as close as you can get, right? Like it's the closest answer we're going to have when you have that sort of event. So people right. just want to see a show. You yep. just want to see you risk it. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Risk it for the biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always been, you know, always a big fun thing to watch. Everybody watches it after the events are over. Then people kind of crowd around the invitational portion of the event and turns into this big crowd getting involved. A lot of hype, a lot of cheering, a lot of hoorahs, a lot of, you know, men flashing the the live feeds. (laughs) Yeah, like the A session at the AO in Ohio last time I was there was, it was so it was the female one too. It was just packed because you had the girl who just meddled um, at the last Olympics. And then you had a bunch of other great up and coming female lifters. So it was just packed. But then the rest of the also time, just rest of the time it was just in and out. Like it was casually people in and out. But that session was just crazy because of who was there. Yeah. Yeah. Female weightlifting is probably more pop. Female weightlifting is more popular than male weightlifting. I think it right is. Now. Yeah. Then it's weird. Um, like not weird, but like almost in this just kind of switch now. It's like where. It's became more of a woman. Our women are better in the US, internationally. In, in the U.S., in the oh, US, yeah, that's American women, about. American women compete at an international level better than men do. For sure, and I think it's just more popular. Even at the local level, you go to these meets and you look at these meets, and more girls are signing up than guys. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Guys are a bunch of weenies. When did yeah, that happen? Yeah, when did a lot that of shift. Branches. Huh? I know it, when did that paradigm shift? Because I know it was male dominant. I'd obviously, say probably seventies, eighties, nineties, ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, not when I was there. Six six years ago, yeah, maybe six. You think it's Instagram? Think it was Instagram? Less than that. I don't know. I think less than that. I think it was probably 2018, I think twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Well, here's another thing too: is the first time women's weightlifting was in the Olympics was in the year two thousand. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, right? And so you look at it that way. Like now, they're they were competing world championship stuff, but like really, women's weightlifting being recognized internationally, you you you'd say the Olympics be when it you know, that'd be like a welcoming party type thing, right? So you're talking mm-hmm. 2000. So it's so new on the international stage in that regard anyway. Big time. It's true. So what is your, what inspired your trick or treat caffeine f- coffee flavor of the month? What do we, what is it? What does that have remnants of? What does it smell like? There's some, there's some tart candiness to it. There's a little bit of lemon sweetness, some earthy undertones. It's a good little, uh, it's a good little, trick-or-treat vibes to it you know slightly, it's got that yeah, slightly tart yeah overly tart extremely oh. tart unedible undrinkably tart <laughs> that's a good that's it try it <laughs> try it now <laughs> uh, it's not that at all it's just it's uh yeah it's kind of got some you know some some kind of kind of fruity candiness to it so here's the deal is it's actually there's two two 
so a lot of these are blends, right? All these coughs are blends. This one, so some of these blends have four or five different beans from four or five different, you know, regions and farms. This one's two. One is actually an Indian coffee from the Ghats Mountains. It's just like a mountainous range. Anyway, uh, and that uh, that coffee, the way it's processed, is it's actually um, it's naturally processed, which means it's dried with the fruit still on it because coffee is a fruit. It's like a cherry. And so there's different ways of processing it. They're more popular in different countries and even different farms do different ways. So this particular Indian coffee bean is from the Wayanad uh, Social Services Corporation, basically. So it's a it's a co-op of, there's like 800 small, like one to two acre small farms that all come together for this co-op and they all grow organic coffee and it's by local, like a small family farms. And they dry their beans, they dry the coffee with the fruit still on it. And then when it's dried, the fruit comes off really easily. Um, and so when you do that, what happens is that cherry, that fruit that's still on the outside of the coffee bean imparts more of its flavor onto the bean. So you get a bean that's naturally sweeter or has more like fruity tones on it because it was dried with the fruit on it. Whereas other people in other countries, like in Brazil, particularly most common, is they don't. They do a, a washed processing, right? So they yep. put it in with a bunch of water and 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 then that uh, basically strip off the fruit and then they dry the beans out of the fruit and you do it that way and you're going to have less of those like sweet tones more classic coffee taste mm -hmm. yep and so the that's one of the coffee beans the other coffee in it is actually a papa new guinea blend mm -hmm. papa new guinea is known for kind of sweeter fruitier lighter coffees in general that's just the way it's, you know, it's part of the climate and everything. Most popular probably right now, as far as your coffee, local coffee shop selection for your like, hipster coffee is going to be like a Papua New Guinea kind of vibe. Yep. Nice. And so this is a combination. So it's a, uh, it's partially that Papua New Guinea. It's partially that Indian, uh, Indian bean and the, the, the Papua New Guinea as well. That's also from smaller farms too. It's not, that's not as big thing. It's also small. Um, I think they're actually, you know, fair trade certified organic farms. So anyway, so you get these two really high quality coffees and they're both have these, you know, naturally kind of sweetened notes, blend those bad boys together. And it's like a, a, it's technically it's a medium roast, but it's like a light medium roast. And so that brings out that kind of lemony sweetness tastes like candy, dude. Yes. Yeah. A little it's like good. candy, you know, candy, the, uh, you know, also obviously it's October. So we wanted to keep that, you know that kind of flavor palette on people's minds, right? Keeping it uh, seasonal, keeping it nice, keeping it fun. Would you guys ever do like a pumpkin spice type one? I bet you already have, haven't you? Fucking stupid, Dylan. No, we would, would never that. do anything bullshit like that. Um, <laughs> we would never like flavor anything like that. You know what yeah. I mean? We don't flavor any coffee. Yeah, we, don't, we don't add anything. There's no added flavoring to the coffee. The, all the flavor descriptions are based off of like the origin and the process that these farms develop the beans. It's more... Uh, where these flavors come from or how they're grown or where they're grown and the re in the regions they're from. And that's where the names come from. Right. And, and a lot of these places are, a lot of these beans are come from the same places, but you know, they have different, you know, different stuff. Ratios it, it's all exactly all the ratios change, the mixtures change, the blends change. So it's, you know, there, there's obviously some of that are similar and we just do this thing with the naming to kind of paint that picture for people that don't have this as, as an experienced tongue, as like, you know, somebody who's really into coffee and it's just kind of a guideline of like, hey, like this is the kind of vibe that this, you know, it's the it's the layman's term of uh, 
100 of helping like picking that's, up the flavors and yeah. that's something that's fun about it too is like you're yeah you're it's almost a kind of fall, falling into this role accidentally of almost like educating people on what flavors to look for and how to look for stuff right i think that's you important yeah, and you do the same thing also like with wines, right? Like what what's it like on the palate? Like what's like on the nose? Like what does it smell like? What does it taste like? It's you know, and then coffee has those same profiles, right? And so if you smell it and then sometimes when you drink it, you might taste different things than what you smell and and whatnot. So we kind of go with these naming conventions that are fun and that also like really represent what the coffee tastes like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you might you drink it and oh shit, I can't actually kind of taste that. Uh, it does, it does smell like, like grandpa's ass. Uh-huh. Yeah, for grandpa's <laughs> one, GA one. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like, especially the winos um, or sommeliers, whatever you want to call them, or people who think they are self-proclaimed sommeliers, um, the ones, I feel like they read the bottle and then they convince themselves that they can taste it a lot of the time. Like that. Sometimes, yeah. but, but the thing is that most bottles don't tell you the flavor profiles on it. It'll a, lot, just... a lot of wines do. No, they don't completely wrong I think or, or the, no, it'll, it'll say like it'll say region and uh region and like the varietals in the year but mm-hmm. so maybe off that you can make some assumptions but it, it most often on the bottles like well sometimes they do i guess but most often on bottles anyway that i see they don't say like oh look for a bright cherry white pepper on the finish like mm-hmm. not like that so my brother's um he's been a teacher i guess some, some do my some. brother's been a teacher i think he's around how, how old are you guys he's slightly older than you guys 38 yeah, so he's early 40s. Yeah, I'm 30. I'll be 34 this year. I did, honestly, I was still thinking. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So he's early 40s, and um, he's been a teacher for like 15, 16 years, and he's always just every summer just educating himself on something else. So this summer he took a, a program at Cornell University for um, beer making. Mm. Oh, yeah. And uh, just because he's like, yeah, I've always just wanted to like make it or like know how it's made. So he was telling me about – they have about seven or 11 basically beer sommeliers in the world. And um, it's really, really, really hard to get to their status. But these guys are like the best at what they do when it comes to beer. And they can taste everything. They know how it's made. They know exactly the process, all that stuff. And they taught him that you're supposed to actually pour beer, not like a nice tip or whatever. You just dump it in. Oh, no, yeah, you want you want that. Let, let the head come up and then just let it slowly go down on its own because that's releasing the carbon in it and it's not going to give you that gut rot and it's actually going to release more flavors if you let it let it do that and not a lot of people i've ever drank with they would all say you, you don't know how to pour if you did that but inversely like no that's how you're supposed that, to do it i think that, that problem with that poor situation has became a a product of like a of of retail tap beer right you don't want to you can't serve that to somebody and them not understand that and then like they think they're getting ripped off at like a bar right i think that became a product of uh well the time thing right because if you do that then you're going to wait for the for the bubbles to pop the head to settle and pop it off and yeah. it's like well now when it's I'm a, it's an like, it's a, for three minutes exactly it's a timing thing it's a it's a it's like a exactly industry thing that's like so yeah, you, yeah, you, you want to do that you can do that on your own at home so you're saying the beer companies have lied to consumers no. So they feel like they're not getting ripped off, just like the sugar. Not companies. the beer companies. I'm saying the the bartenders don't the bartenders. have time for that bullshit. They got to yeah. serve the next person and make these fucking cocktails, and this fucking shitty mass-produced <laughs> Bud Light isn't going to taste any better if you do that or not. Yeah. So I might now my, if you're going to go down and buy a fucking you know small batch beer from uh, one of the local breweries down the road, they're going to probably pour it right for you, and that's the time to enjoy the taste. But 
you know, that dollar fifty high life you yep. you're trying to buy, you know, I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I worked at a microbrewery when I was in high school. Uh, and my brother did too, actually. He's three years older than me. Anyway, he started brewing his own beer at that time when he was whatever in college. Wow. And he's been doing microbrews ever since. Like right now, he probably has two kegs at his house of beer that he's brewed. So he's always been, he's been doing microbrewing his whole, you know, his whole adult life. But yeah, so that was interesting working at that microbrewery when I was, I uh, was a good st- summer between my junior and senior year and then throughout like half or more of my senior year as well. I worked like in the kitchen, there's restaurant stuff there, but anyway, yeah. So microbrews, dude, and now they're pot, that place like before it's time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because really it's just been like the last, like whatever, six, seven years that microbreweries are just like, they're blowing up. They're yeah. blowing up. They're, they're cute. Yeah. They're every corner. I mean, there's shit. There's one a block away from here. Yeah, there's, well, there's um, one not even closer. There's one right here. Yeah. Well, there's one on the other side of uh, down Dino too, right on the corner there. Yeah, Waterman right. Brewery, right? That's I mean, right. We have, we have two of them that are within a quarter mile of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe more. Actually, I think there might be three. The um, yeah. I worked with this. Right. I worked with this guy at Ace Hardware. Oh, yeah, if you go straight over the one by nine one six. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's at least three of them that are uh, within a quarter mile. When, uh, it was actually, uh, long story short, this guy I used to work with at Ace Hardware he used to make beer in his garage. It's called uh, the toilet. It was called. Right uh, it was called uh, Angry Pecker or Hungry Pecker. That's, that's was. Fletcher Hare. Yeah, and now that's his fucking spot. Oh he was wow! Making fucking beer in his garage, and we were working at Ace together. Yep. But well, he's also he was a teacher, and he like uh, was a part time teacher, and then during the summer he'd work at the hardware store. Younger guy. Yeah. And uh, it's actually funny. His mom used to actually babysit me when we were younger. He's like, we, he's been around this town for him and his family been in this town forever. Anyways, he. But I remember he was telling me about this beer that he was making in his garage, and then him and his brothers opened up this fucking massive brewery across the street. And it's fucking popping all the That's time. Sick. So there's one uh, right here, cool. uh, right by CrossFit 916 called Tilted Mash, and they actually they make some coffee stouts, and they enter them in competitions. And so they've actually won uh, one time. So they got gold medal in this uh, competition with a coffee stout, and they used caffeine kilos. They used PR blend uh, in their coffee stout. And then they did a light one one time. They did a um, – I don't know exactly what it was, but they did another one. It was like a lighter beer, which is kind of not traditional. And they entered it um, just kind of like try something out of left field. And I think they got like third or something, right? Because it's a little bit different. But right. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go back over. We got to go over actively, there and talk to our little boy. What's his name? Johnny? Johnny. They I was just, I was just going to ask you if you, if our you coffee in it. yeah, I was just going to ask. I'm glad you led me to that question, but I was going to ask if you've ever or how often you've considered kind of teaming up with someone with that yeah we've done it we've had a whole launch party for it we had a whole we had a whole event everybody came out and drank it and it was Mm -hmm. it was a good time we had we did a whole thing with them with that with that beer that's cool that's cool you guys talking about microbrews also get down in uh mantica there's a brand new one that's about to open up like they did a soft opening uh just recently but it's a group of guys from the the church i grew up in brethren church anyway and my my brother my actual brother um, we're kind of doing the micro microbrewing. He got some of these other guys into doing microbrewing. It's the same thing. They're just brewing in their garages and shit. And then they thought, oh, there's something to this. And they started making them, um, events around town where they're, uh, like outreach events, like, Hey, free, everyone gets two free beers. And then it's, well, at some point someone talks about Jesus, you know, and they would meet up and like, uh, I forget exactly what they called it, but like brother and brew pub and brethren so they, and brews. Yeah. Brew pub. Yeah. So My be, brother in Christ <laughs> and brew company. So uh, once a month, once a month, they would do this thing and people would come out, you get out there, you get two free beers and then you, you know, hear about Jesus. And so now they opened a brewery. They bought a building downtown. They completely renovated. It's like one of the oldest buildings in town. It used to be at one point, it was like the sheriff's office. So in the, in the basement, there's like old jail cells and shit. 
And so it's this cool old building right downtown and they completely renovated the inside. And uh, I think they're, they should be opening here like within a month or so. Wow. Yeah. Their logo is like this big beard, like this old, like looks like Amish looking like silhouette. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's nice. Tell you, man, people like beer. Turns out, turns out. You know what? Yeah. Off air. We'll talk more about that. Uh, I got an idea for. uh, In God we brew. Is that it? Is that your idea? In God we brew. We're <laughs> no, I got an idea. Right. I think we need to do another one of those brews with our boys for. Yeah. Uh, I think you should for December for that event at nine one six in December. Uh, Have it ready for that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like I know. Heads well, I know we even get old Squirrely Johnny to bo- like to can it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was like doing crosses there. So they even had a uh, like one of their beers, like whatever deadlift pale or some shit. Like yeah. they'll go local comp- cross competitions. Yeah. Do you guys have a cold brew? No. No, they were actually going to make cold brew for us and oh. store it in their fridges. And then uh, just the shipping on it Didn't is just so out. ridiculous. Didn't work out. Shipping exactly. is just too absurd. Yeah. It's There's ways of doing it, but you need a distributor. Yep. Well, I guess you can make your own now. Right? Like with your I mean, we can make home. We can, I can make cold. I can make cold brew right now. I mean, cold and brew. sell it here in a jar out of the fridge. Right. But, but if you, like, want, you, you want, want to, if you want to ship it, if you want to can it and ship six packs, that's a different situation. Damn. Now, if you want to can it and then, yeah, hook a link of a distributors and have them distributed into into local liquor stores or local uh, grocery stores, stuff like that, that's that's doable. That's now see that this is the whole thing, right? It's two sides to every to every to every coin, every equation. Anyway, so that's the thing. You could do more like six packs and ship them directly to consumers or to gyms, stuff like that. But then you have the shipping issue, or you could do it and do more of a local distribution thing. But then you have the only available in select markets. So then it's an entirely different marketing platform than what we do now. Cause right now we market nationwide worldwide. So if we did like a cold brew and only did it locally, then that would require an entirely different marketing campaign platform. Does not make it impossible. It just has its own set of issues, right? It'd have to be someone's entire focus. Yeah. Or or persons. Yeah, for sure. Plus you guys are in the States where every, corner has cold brew coffee available oh, i think if we made it it would be a success and i think be, so too it would just but, need to be a, a focus and where we're at as a brand right now that's just not our cold brew isn't our focus right now mm-hmm. it had to we'd have to shift kind of everything that we're focusing on to do that the right way yeah 100 percent. which is something we're not willing to do right now yeah and that's fair yeah that's kind of like yeah then right that's is fair <laughs> that's just that's just kind of where that's at you know and I, and I think it would be fun to do no doubt um uh to some level it's, I, it's, even like it's you just, know it's just an entirely different game. it's just a different thing yeah so what's your the volume the volume you have to sell to like actually make money doing that everyone also. we know multiple people that are in the beverage industry right talk if you're talking about you know either fit aid or this uh like a guy i know local had a little has a um like vodka seltzer cruxel yeah crush well crush well vodka seltzer that has electrolytes in it and uh, he's a crossfitter it's like totally like vodka seltzers for people that care about fitness um like it actually that thing is blowing up like it's going really well but every time i talk to someone who's like in the like canned beverage industry every one of them says like yeah if i knew everything i know now when i started i definitely wouldn't have fucking started (laughs) it's It's a it's a tough cookie to crack yeah, because you get they're just such big incumbents, right? You talk about like whatever you talk about Pepsi and you talk about Coca Cola and yeah. then but then you get like Budweiser and like all these 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 you know the name of the company, but it's one of those things they own so many brands like way more than you have. It's like cars, you know, like it's really only like six, six. car yeah. companies. 
companies in the world, like then, but they produce 40 different, I mean, Volkswagen alone, I think runs like fucking nine different brands, right? Like Volkswagen owns Porsche. They own like Bentley. They own like, you just have no idea, you know? And so it's the same thing in the beverage industry. Like there is a handful of incumbents that basically look, if Budweiser wants to buy, if you need cans, like raw cans to put your beverage in, but Budweiser needs cans, who's getting them? Obviously, like you yeah. are Budweiser, right? And so you run it. So it's not just the actual shelf space issue. You get into just even supply chain issue. You know, same thing. Like your your contract manufacturer is supposed to run your product, but then you know, right behind you is supposed to be you know a, a product that Pepsi owns, right? Like who's getting that spot? Probably like who's going to get bumped? You know, who, yeah. Up, you know right? who's going to get bumped? Unless yeah. we put the can. Put this on the can instead and just fool them all. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah, you got to shake it up. The, um, but yeah, you know, there's a, there is a whole thing to that. And, and it, you it know, doesn't, doesn't mean never. doesn't mean it's possible. It just means that not now. Yeah. Not your focus. What's exactly. uh gun to your head? You have to pick one bean to drink for the rest of your life. Like one coffee, oh. one coffee oh. bean to oh. use. It's gone to your head. I don't one know. Style, like one origin? <sighs> yeah, or however it works. I don't know. I just drink it all the time, every day. I don't really know the ins and outs. If a single origin, if I had to just pick one and that's all I could drink. Hmm. Yeah, origin works. I mean, it'd be hard to not do a Papua New Guinea. It's kind of got yeah, the, it's kind of got everything. It's there's a reason why it's one of the more popular ones. You know, it's just kind of got a lot of a lot of different flavor tone, a lot of flavor palettes. Kind of wet your whistle on a lot of different, uh, a lot of different things. You know, or maybe Ethiopia. Like technically, that's the I was like, thinking, father, I was, the motherland of coffee. I was right? thinking so Ethiopia, but like then sometimes it can just be a little too sweet yeah. on the lighter side. Yeah, you know, and a, a true you know Ethiopian. You know, it can be sometimes very, uh, very fruity. Yeah, very what's, light. What's this like? Really, what's the lightest one there is? Like the like I mean, the it varies. Light. I mean, there's Coors no light. way to say. It. And also, that's a bad example because Coors Light is light, but also like not good. Like just because these are lighter, it doesn't mean they have to have less flavor. Like they're lighter, but they actually right. might be pungent. Like we went to we did a, we did a, a, a collaborative blend with Black Rifle Coffee. Um, years ago in like 2015 or 2016, something like that. And what we did is they made some roasts, made some blends. They sent us out samples. We taste whatever. Anyway, one they sent us was this super light, like blonde roast, but also it was pungent. Like it's straight up. We're like, this shit smells like a cheese sandwich. Yeah, it was was weird. And then like it tasted like a fucking cheese sandwich. It was like too pungent. It was like too, uh, it was like aggressively light. the weird type thing, you know. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was bad. Clearly, we didn't choose that one. No, did not. We not choose that one. Yeah. <laughs> Fire breather blend. Fire breather blend is what we want. Yeah, that's nice. a great one. So yeah, so it's hard to say. It's like, not. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. What uh? What else should we get into before we wrap up here? What do you want to get yeah. into? No, no. I think we. I think we. I think we're good. Thanks I think fine. we're solid, man. I think we got a nice little hour in here. We. I think we. I think we're good. I'll do. Yeah. I'll do one for you. I was having this conversation with someone. The other day, I met with the guy who's uh, running a business that I have a little investment in, and he's like, "Ah, you know, someone asked me, or like people ask, like, we want the the bad news or the good news first. And a lot of times, people want the good news first, you know, because you know they want to get, you know, try and get in a good mood, be ready for the bad news. But I'd rather have the bad news first because then I can just like get the bad news, and okay, and then you fucking deal with it or whatever, and you move on to the good news. And on a high note, 
And I kind of told him, I was like, man, I don't like the question. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Because which news is good or bad is just your fucking opinion. Like maybe perspective. Yeah. You know, it's in fact, there's no such thing as good news or bad news. There's just news. Uh, like just give me the news because whether or not it's good or bad is up for it's for me to decide. Like you, should, you can't decide whether or not this is good news or bad news. Right. And it's, it's just news and your opinion of it could make it good or bad, but the news itself is neither good nor bad. Right. And so someone next time something like you want the good news or the bad news first, like doesn't man, just give me the fucking news. Like, don't tell me which you think is which just tell me the news and like, I'll decide how I feel about it. Right. And uh, I think that's something it's kind of like glass, glass full glass. Oh, he said, you want to be positive glass is half full. It's not half empty. Well, how about this, man? How about it's just a glass? Like, it's, it's, you it's, know, a glass. Like, it's just a glass, man. There's, it's a glass. There's some water in it, whatever. If you want more, go, go to the sink and fucking fill it up. I don't yeah. give a shit if you think it's half full or half empty. If I'm thirsty, I'll drink it. If I'm not, I won't. If I want more, I'll get more. You know, like it's not about like a positive outlook, negative outlook. It's just, I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in um, good, bad, different, the worst thing ever, the best thing ever, whatever. It's like, man, like it's, I, and this isn't saying don't be excited about stuff. Don't be happy about stuff. I get fucking juiced on things. I just don't like, uh, you know, people. Someone predetermining how you should absorb the news. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. That, yeah. and that's, that's kind of it. Right. Um, especially when you get a little older, you mature a little more, you've been doing like say business for a while where there's a lot of ups and downs. You kind of learn to like take things in stride. You get the worst news you've heard all year. And you know, like business wise. And after you've been doing this for a while, like, okay, you're not happy about it necessarily, but also you can take a step back and you don't get all worked up and start flipping tables. You sit here and you go, okay, all right. Well, if this is the fact I'm dealing with, where do we go from here? Right. And what can I do to prevent this again? And like, that's what matters. You know, the actual news doesn't even fucking matter. I just want to know what do I do now and how can I prevent this again? Yeah. Right. Um, or what can I do now and how can I do more of this in the future? If I determine it's good news, you know, it's like the actual thing that happened is, is almost who gives a fuck. I just says, where do I go from here? And what can I do less of or more of to either get more or less of this in the future? Yeah, like what are you gonna there do? You go. What are, they're gonna say, here's the bad news, and then say it, and you're gonna be like, that is bad news. And then you're just, gonna, <laughs> you're just gonna stew on it for the next four hours before you do anything. Man, that's yeah. bad news. Yeah, Have you, ever, right. yeah. you ever heard the Chinese farmer story? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. It's the yep, perfect I know exactly it's the same you're thing, about. right? Yeah. Yep. It's the exact same thing. You want to tell it or you want me to I'll, tell it? I can tell it. I can you want to tell, tell it. it? If you fuck it up, I'm gonna let you know. Well, there's I'm sure there's different versions. No. So. No, so, no, like there's there's slightly different one, ver uh, one version. I'll tell I'll tell my version that I I've heard I've heard the same story by uh, two different people, but the funny thing is the second person who told it, I know they got it from the first person. So who did you get it from? Tell me that. I got it from Tim Ferris. No, I got it from a documentary seven years ago. It was about Bill Murray. It was this. This weird, is the biggest horseshit story I've ever I heard. Swear to God, it was Not from the. It was from a documentary about Bill Murray right. and right. how he would just show up at people's houses and like do uh, the dishes at parties and like he'll yeah. just walk away and no one will like believe that he was just there. But he had this weird thing where he would just not have a cell phone, show up at like weddings and functions and just be there and then just leave. So it was about that. And there were, there were kind of basically why the Chinese farmer came up is like they were equating it to how he lives his life. Got it. He doesn't know what's good or bad, right? So Chinese farmer in layman's terms in, in short form is 
there's a radish farmer. And a, 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 radishes. Yeah, they, they farm radishes. Is that already a change in your story? <laughs> this entire story is fucked. <laughs> so this is right, a, okay, Chinese radish farmer. Let's go. Let's go. This is how the Bible Sorry. was written. This is how this is. No. <laughs> well, we can wait. Anyway, we, we'll make our own version after this. So Chinese farmer, and he farms radishes, and that's how they make a living, right? They, they're not very rich. They're not very poor, but they make a living farming radishes for the community. And they have this hoe that's pulled by a horse. And one day the horse runs away so they can no longer pull the hoe to farm the radishes. And the kid goes in and, and tells the dad and the dad's like, oh man, this is bad. And the neighbor comes out and he's like, man, what bad luck you have. Like your horse ran away. And the Chinese farmer looks at him and says, I don't know what's good or bad. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I don't know what's good or bad. We'll see. The next day, the horse comes back with three other horses. Wild stallions come down the hill. Now they have four horses. They can do four times the work. And the farmer, farmer's neighbor comes out and he says, man, what good luck you have. That, I mean, what are the odds of that? What good luck you have? Farmer says, mm, I don't know what's good or bad. Next day, one of the wild horses is uh, carrying his son, the Chinese farmer's son, and he falls off and breaks his leg. And the neighbor comes out. He's like, oh, my God, what bad luck you have. Your son fell off that new wild horse and broke his leg. He goes, I don't know what's good or bad. We'll, we'll see what happens. And um, finally, the next day, the, the army's coming looking for abled bodies so they can fight in the war and um, ride off to their death, essentially. And they spare the, the young man because he broke his leg. And um, the neighbor comes out again and says, man, your, your son didn't have to go to war. What good, what good luck you have? And this can go on forever. And that is basically the Chinese farmer. And that's, that's basically good news or bad news. And now Danny's going to tell his version, which is. I didn't know what you were referring to when you started the story. And I was like, Oh, I just heard this one on, I just heard Shia LaBeouf tell that one mm -hmm. uh, oh, really? on his interview with uh, uh, what's his name. That, oh, uh, that, um, that with dude. Him, with, with real ones. Deep. Is that the yeah, part? Real ones. This, this yeah, guy he tells that story on real ones, but it's a, uh, the farmer kept saying, "Yeah, it's like uh, it said this is oh, he said this is a blessing." I don't know how to and call says, it. I don't know how to call it. Oh, oh yeah, Shia LaBeouf. I think Shia did his own version. Drama. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf's so, is pretty good. Though. Yeah, the version is very I, good. I don't know how to call it. I don't know how to call it. Uh, this is very yeah. similar thing. He goes, he goes, uh, the game goes. Oh, what a blessing! He goes, maybe it is a blessing, or maybe it's a curse. And then the next thing happens. Like, oh, what a curse! He goes, maybe it's a curse or maybe it's a blessing, <laughs> yes. right? It's the same story. So it this story, great. though, it's—I mean, it's an ancient proverb thing, right? It's been around a long time. It's funny how, but just I like, like how in I the heard past three different versions of the same story in the last five minutes. In, I was gonna say <laughs> the past three or four months, I've seen it's got a lot of play. So this this I, is, this story's going viral, but well, it's yeah. from it's so, from decades. No, it's from decades ago. I mean, right now, that's hundreds, thousands of years ago. But uh, Noah Kagan, the sumo.com guy, right, from Austin, he's told this story. I've heard him tell the story a handful of times uh, 10 years ago, right, mm -hmm. like long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he's actually friends with Tim Ferriss. And just like three months ago, I saw Tim Ferriss tell the story on an interview. And I'm like, Tim, like, I know you heard this from Noah because I know they're friends and Noah's been telling the story for the last decade, right? Um, and then, anyway, yeah, I mean, obviously, like he wildfire, didn't, he didn't make it. it up, you know what I mean? He heard yeah. it from somewhere else, right? But it's interesting that in the last three months, this story is kind of going viral, like popping off. Everybody's and, using uh, it in their motivational podcast. Well, it is, it's a great analogy. Great no, analogy. it's a good story. It's great analogy. It is a good story. It's, I'm not it's, taking it's, everyone should know it because of that. But yeah, yeah you can create your own it's version. Seeing how the whole uh, pop culture or the whole, um, 
the human study of like storytelling and how, like, reading, how it's going like, around right now. It's kind of interesting. The whole one day, <laughs> we, we just start reading like the um like the book of Tao, you know, like the Taoist book, whatever. Like they find some little proverbs and philosophies. I honestly go to the Bible and like just open up proverbs, like read a couple, and then just start popping them off, dude. And all of a sudden, you're gonna go viral too. It's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how to call it. I can't call it. One day you're going to hear... Uh, call it. Can't call it. Someone's going to come up to you one day and be like, did you hear the story about the Russian dancer? And it's going to be the exact same story. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't call it. The Chinese call it. radish farmer. <laughs> anyway, that's the way I heard it. You hear the story about the uh, Russian radish thought, dancer? I thought the story was unique when I heard Shia telling it. Oh, really? Oh, man. Well, he heard it in AA or something, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he heard like it that. in AA. Yeah. I tried to tell it the way I heard it originally, and I think that's how everyone's going to tell it because that's how that's what sticks so they're oh yeah how they heard it so aa well, yeah, there's the right he way was listening to a way. tape or something he said in aa and the tape they probably writ wrote it out pretty perfectly to the way they Terrible. wanted it interpreted long heavy duty podcast that i watched yeah i'm not doing that it was good All right, here we go thursday 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 reaper collection is live if you watch this next week it might have some still doubt it but um reaper's up there moving and shaking yeah uh reaper cometh reaper cometh and uh jack to lantern oh yeah jack to lantern is that the new illustration what's, dylan what's your halloween costume <sighs> jeffrey Dahmer. no i'm kidding everyone's doing that um uh, i don't have one yet hmm. what's yours i'll probably end up wearing uh i think it's my CK uh, birthday for... suit public birthday yeah. suit again yeah got arrested last year for it but yeah <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Because you were stuffing. <laughs> now it's just wearing one of the big prosthetic. <laughs> Here we go. That's, That's it. it. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Clearly right. caffeine. Get it before it gets sold out Clearly again. Caffeine. I like the van- what I do is I, I like it in the vanilla one because it's good by itself. And you can mix it. So what I actually my pre-workout is I take electrolytes. And lately I've been using the LMNT ones because those are just the ones I have, the element ones. And so I like using, there's like an orange flavored one or a grapefruit one. So you take those, you'd put one of those, and then you put a scoop of the vanilla clearly caffeine. So you got electrolytes and the clearly caffeine and it tastes like creamsicle, like orange that's creamsicle, mm. fucking delicious. Mm. And I drink, that's what I drink on my way to the gym. Making uh, your homemade creamsicle. I make my homemade creamsicle pre-workout. Cause I like, I like single ingredient supplements yeah um, and so that's this kind of that right so i like, take the caffeine take the electrolytes know exactly what's in there and four no proprietary blends no proprietary blends i'm not doing yeah. that shit we don't have time yeah. for that shit no no, no time for shit and uh yeah so yeah smart smart that sounds delicious i'm gonna have to try that out the you know the, the watermelon mix is good with uh with um strawberry also Ooh. Okay, i think that's strawberry flavored mm-hmm. okay well so what are the th- so you have watermelon, vanilla, strawberry. No, 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 no. no. Come, come on, watermelon and, watermelon and vanilla. <laughs> what did you say strawberry for? Yeah. No, no. I said you can mix the the watermelon with something that is flavored with strawberry. Anything. Okay. Got oh, it. Oh, by the Outside way, of... first first day it's ever happened. Dean's been jealous of my shoes all day. Let me see them. Oh, some zeros. I got the, the I got the zero slide on. Did you take advantage, Dylan, of the zero sale? No, I on? I know I didn't. Those are nice. I bought the uh, zero hiking boots. I need another pair before I bought the you have the hikers? No, I, I just need to buy another pair because I wear mine for everything and they stink because I including work. Oh, yeah, I have oh dude, I've so bought like, I've like, bought 
I have like, like band slip-ons, but they're zeros. Those are tight. And so they're great, dude. I have like five pairs of zeros at this point now. I've just been going hard. They had a crazy sale, dude. I got these those hikers for like 40 bucks. These yeah, are rad right now, rad globals. I'm a rad. I got those, the emails. The emails, cross the emails are crazy. They're like fucking 60% off or whatever. And I was like, holy crap. And they, they slip on. They're, they're obviously just clearing out inventory, right? Um, yeah, so, they got like new designs coming in or what? What's going on? You know, you know how it goes, man. Sometimes like you have stuff sitting around. I mean, all those, the more, the bigger the sale, the fewer, fewer sizes. Like these ones were a huge sale, but there was two sizes available, right? Yeah. So it's like they're trying to get them out of the fucking warehouse, getting a new shit. Yep. They, they got cash, stuff in the world. In the old cash, cash machine sale. Zero shoes. Check them out. Zeroshoes.com. With an X. With Just an crazy. X. X E R O. Yeah, make, it, make it spicy. Shoes. Make it spicy. All right. That's it. That's Alrighty. it. Salute. 40. A little too, little too spicy for the pepper. Stay tuned next week. Fellas, next week. Ladies.